Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the uh, 21st of June, 2018, beginning of summer, and summer's almost gone already. And uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, it's not just the heat of midsummer, Dave. It's This has just been a... Um, it's been a really, really, really awful week. That's the only word I got for it. Like, yeah. Uh, craptastic at best. Um, um, I, I, I don't have another word for what it is at worst, but... Um. Yeah, this is the week we actually saw. Um. The kidnapping and use of migrant children as a bargaining chip by the president of the United States. It was unreal. Um. Yeah, it's completely unreal, and um. It was stunning, and uh, uh, a initiative in the tech community has started to try to uh, reunite children with uh, with their parents. Um, we're going to be talking about that a little bit at the beginning of the uh, second segment. Full disclosure, I'm completely in on this uh, on this scheme to reunite uh, kids with their, 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 their parents. In fact, it was my idea. But um, we're going to have Jenny Haslis, who's also involved, uh, to come on to talk about it. Um, beginning of the second... Uh, Second second segment of Webcology, and just to note, anybody who wants to get involved after they hear Jenny speak is absolutely welcome to. Like, Fantastic. we want any any and all comers to come in and try to try to get this project together. Um, again, for me, for me, David, just like most of my week has been involved in either dealing with my emotions around seeing what's happening on America's southern border or organizing to try to at least give some kids a chance to, you know, reunite with their families in the, in, in, in some distant future. What have you seen in the news this week? Bro? <laughs> well, but starting with that lighthearted romp, how can we not just have a great show? I'm um, so sorry about that. Like, honestly, I do not want to start the show on a political note. I hate doing that. Oh, I'm I know. political, but I, I know that the audience doesn't necessarily need to hear that. But, like, <laughs> this one's different. You know? It definitely is. It definitely is. Um, you know what? There, there's so much going on. I'm not even sure where to start. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to start on, on one that uh, isn't directly tied to search in the same way as, as some of the other stories we're going to be covering here in this segment. Um, but over at Business Insider, I read a, one of those stories that's, well, you know what? Continuing the trend that's frightening. Um, so, I mean, continuing the trend of, of what we've been chatting about. Um, so Facebook, so it's, you know, it, it ties for marketers. Um, Facebook has now developed AI that based on your other photos, so it, it sort of scans your photos, understands what you look like in, in various scenarios and poses. Anyway, when you upload a photo with your eyes closed, th this isn't active now, so don't try it, but it, it's, they've run a bunch of tests and, and released them. Um, they're using AI. Um, I'd say it's machine learning, but it's, it's getting kind of blurry in, in both directions. Um, they're using, anyway, they're using AI slash machine learning to now change that picture, and they're doing it very realistically to make the, the person's eyes look like they're open. Now, on the surface, this just seems like a pretty mundane, you know, kind of useful, right? Like, that's kind of nice. Um, you know, you get that photo, and there's that one person in the background with their eyes closed. Great, it can scan the other photos, understand what their, their face, facial structure looks like with their eyes open, eye color, that sort of thing, and, and, and adjust it for them. Fantastic. Um, however, the, the part that's frightening, and, and we're building off, I don't know, we talked about this three, four weeks ago, um, where they were now able to have a voice actor basically, you know, and, and again, uh, using AI to make Obama say whatever they wanted, right? Like the, the voice actor just said it, and, and 
it was able to recreate this this video of, of Obama saying whatever the voice actor wanted him to. Um, now we're seeing another implementation um, of, a, of a person's state of being at any given time adjusted based on adjusted by machines based on on what we've decided we want them to look like in this case mundane and useful i want their eyes to look like they're open i would probably pick that um oh my God. I, i'm so old dave i can remember a quaint time say 2002 maybe 2003 when we were worried about the digital insertion of uh different billboards and stuff uh on images from times square depending on which broadcast network was uh was showing the scene yeah and we were worried about them changing reality, quote unquote, changing reality in the news at that time using, you know, digital manipulation. This is interesting. So a picture, a picture, say, of, uh, oh, I don't know, the president of the United States with his eyes closed could be digitally manipulated to make it look like he had his eyes were open. <laughs> you know, I get you know we can we can start with that. And that's the application they're testing right now. I think you, me and all the all the listeners. Um, in the audience can easily see where this cascades. We've decided it's eyes open this time. You know, next time, what do we decide? Um, yeah. You know, and then using AI on top of that and going, oh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to pretend to be paranoid. Um, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm going to okay. pretend we not to be. AI say um, that for you. And going, okay, now take everybody in this picture and manipulate it to do this based on other pictures. Take everybody of... I'll say it, this color, or that we, and now let's create some common things, right? I mean, it, it gets, it's a very, very slippery slope that this one's on, so it's definitely something we need to be paying close attention to. Not really directly related to search, but Facebook's doing it, so it, it's coming soon to, a, to a, you know, a photo area near you. Well, you know what, sticking on the Facebook theme, another thing Facebook's doing that is tangential to search, um, certainly, certainly in the ballpark of stuff that we, we've talked about on, on Webcology, um, are you have you ever run, administered, or been part of a Facebook group, say an SEO group, for instance? I have not. Mary's done a whack of them, so I, I'll probably know what you're talking about. I've never done it. Really? You're not you're not part of like um say one of David Harry's SEO discussion groups? I'm sure I've seen your name on, on those lists. I I'm in there. I guess I'm part of it. I'm just not I'm not an administrator or anything. I have none of the controls. Well, uh, if you did, and you know, if if, if Mr. Gypsy is listening um, you will. Uh, you'll, you'll. You'd be pleased to know, or not pleased if you're not an administrator. To know that um, Facebook is now fine. Is going to help people monetize Facebook groups by allowing administrators to charge a, uh, say, admission fee or dues to be a member of the group. So, you know, if you're uh, if you if you're running a really popular um, group on, say, knitting or. Um, Blue widgets, or maybe SEO, or something, and you know that's, you find that it's becoming a full-time job. You can actually get paid for it, should your community want to pay you. Yeah, you know, I I, I wasn't sure how I felt about that. I, I've decided that I've landed on good, uh, ah. and, and the reason I say that is they're they're putting up Facebook's putting up so many little blockers for pages and you know you can assume that groups are are, are coming although groups are, are still a little more accessible in the general news feed um but with all of the sort of like hinders and trying to we're just trying to make it personal and basically we're just trying to monetize it and jam ads in um you know allowing groups to actually have a monetized area that i would assume and, and this is an assumption i would assume by this that even if it was a tithe of a dollar a month or something like that Facebook's probably going to go, ah, okay, this person genuinely is interested in stuff from there. I think it actually could work out fairly well for both the group and the user if the goal is to get the information out of the group into your news feed. Because I suspect, and again, you know, nobody run off and, and start, start doing well. Run some tests if you want. I'd love to know. Um, but I suspect what we'll see is people that are part of paid groups, that group's information will show up in their feed more often. It's a clear signal. Right, like, and there is no more obvious signal than I'm willing to pay for this information. Um, yeah. This should, should be a priority. So I think even if groups came up and said, you know what, it's a buck a month, I, I suspect that that would push that information up. And as a user, um, there's a lot of groups that I would find that quite helpful in. Right, and you mentioned a great one, right? Dave Harry's a dojo. Um, you know that that'd be a great one. That yeah, okay, if I had to, you know, pay heck, pay a penny a month, right? Like if I just had to do that. 
um, and know that this information is going to show up first. Think of some deal sites or whatever, right? Like Amazon Prime Day announcements, whatever. Would you pay a penny a month to be first noticed and make sure it shows up front and center in your feed? Yes. Um, what I'd be interested in too is if they'll come up with sort of a reverse way for me to pay for that for them. But we'll, we'll you know, that'll be down the road. <laughs> um, Indeed, um, I, I know of so many people who actually who actually do perform services on Facebook, um, be it be it you know some form of counseling, storytelling. Um, you know, people, it's, Facebook and other social media uh, applications aren't just rage machines. Um, what? Well, I know it's hard to believe, but everyone's Jim, while, screw you for even saying that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you would say something like that on the radio. <laughs> ah, God damn, indeed. But, like, you know what? Good stuff happens there, I'm telling you. And if you don't believe me, you can just shove it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. No, no, I can. Seriously. Um, think, of, think of something like Brian Carter. Um, or David Brown with those like incredibly cheesy dad jokes he's telling on Facebook right now. <laughs> yeah, I I'd pay five cents a day to to see what he's going to come up with next. I really sure. would. Yeah. Well, that great. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> Don't ever, ever, ever give that man that. But actually, but no, 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 David. Seriously, charge charge five cents a day. I bet you, I bet you, people would subscribe. Yeah, they better be good dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. It's on Facebook. Huh. Okay. Um, where shall we go now? I know we've only got a few minutes. Why don't we um, ask Uber? Sorry? Why don't we ask Uber? Oh. Oh, because I... you can't anymore. That's why. <laughs> I see what you did there. Not via Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, according to um, uh, uh, Matt Southern's story in uh, Search Engine Journal, as of uh, now, you can no longer book a ride uh, using Google Maps uh, uh, with Uber. Well, yeah, and, and, and don't you find that interesting? And, and Google has an invested interest in Lyft. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, wonder, I wonder why this is. Jim, what do you think? <laughs> uh, it could have something to do with Google and Uber hating each other's guts suddenly. Yeah, yeah. That... With Google's investment in Lyft. You think? You think? Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> admittedly, I'll be like, it, it won't impact me. Neither service is available in my city. I do use them when I'm traveling. Um, and you know what? Interestingly, I, I tend to default to Lyft anyway. So there we are. Uh, so it really doesn't impact me at all. But I do think this is a, a very telling move. And it reminds me, and, and I don't know, you know what, it'll remind you too. You're old enough to remember the same things I am. Um, it, it does remind me a little bit of what we were seeing in the 80s um, from, from Microsoft, um, where, you know, mm. going that, well, you're not willing to play, you know, basically you're not willing to tie it to me, so I'm just going to crush you now, right? And how long until we see Lyft there, and how long until, you know, I mean, we know Google, you know, have you ever looked up flight information directly in Google? I have, right? And then compared that with, like, Expedia or whatever. If I know I'm going to get the same price, yeah, Lyft's easier. Well, it's right in there, right? So that, it'll that be That may be true, but if I, were the, if I were the people sitting in Uber's office knowing that Google was coming after me with the side business, mm -hmm. I really wouldn't be terribly concerned because Google's side efforts are, what, um, laughable <laughs> usually at best? <laughs> uh, let's see. Google Maps and uh, uh, Gmail changed the world. Um, AdWords changed the world. But Orkit? It changed Brazil. <laughs> um, uh, 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 Google Plus um, was 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 kind of a minus. Um, you know, a lot of their outside businesses sort of just fall. Like it um, is, it is true. But one of the things they have done well, YouTube's a great example. When they acquire, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, they can do different. And this is a case of because they don't own it, right? It's it's not them. Um, it's just something they own a, a interest in. Well, you know, and probably that's more like, okay, let's, let's put our, you know, autonomous vehicles in, in use in different places as soon as that's possible to do. But um, what I'm going to find sort of interesting to watch is because Lyft's running itself. So I do think it'll, it'll survive, you know, it'll rage its, its battle against Uber. But if Google starts flexing their marketing might, um, you know, against one or the other one Uber, um, mm -hmm. you know, what happens there? And, and right now they sort of compete 
with each other, you know, on a, from what I can tell anyway, a fairly level playing field. But if all of a sudden Google's going, yeah, we're going to side with that guy, right? Well, that's a very different, different scenario that, um, you know what, we'll be hearing about it because the EU will probably launch against them all. <laughs> okay, on that, we got We do got to take a break. It's coming up to 20 past the hour when this was recorded. You are listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. On the uh, 21st of June, 2018, this is Jim Hedger from News Always Media, Dave Davies from BSI Continuing Marketing. We're going to come back talking about uh, machine learning, um, a, an article that Dave wrote uh, in Search Engine Journal. But before we do, we're going to have Jenny Haslis on to talk a little bit about the um, Family Reunification Project. But before we get to Jenny, we got to do these messages, so stay tuned. Back in, back in a few minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Learn more at brainhealth.gov. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to, welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. We're joined really quickly um, by Jenny Has- Hallas. Um, Jenny is working with me on a project um, that got started well basically last night um a family reunification project and uh you know full disclosure i'm really really involved in this so i'm going to toss this off to dave all right well jenny first nice to have you on i see you all the time on uh you know facebook and other social channels but uh very rarely do i get to actually talk to you so welcome uh, welcome aboard thanks so much thanks for having me on today well we're of course i need to well, you know, it, it was Jim's idea. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm just really happy to have you chat with you. I, I wish we weren't having to talk about such a, quite honestly, a, a dark subject and, and one that I wish we didn't have to talk about because there's, there's a lot of SEO-y stuff I'd like to be chatting with you about. But you're, you, you and Jim have, have started a project together. Well, why don't you just introduce us to the project and then I'll dive into, into some additional questions I already have. 
Sure. Yeah, this was uh, really Jim's brainchild. Uh, he thought uh, we have all of these families um, around 2000 at last count. Um, at least that was through May 31st. Um, so we don't know how many more have been added since then um, that have been separated at the border. Um, they're non-U.S. citizens. They're people who, uh, you know, were trying to come here either legally or illegally or, uh, you know, through, through uh, asylum or not. Um, that's not the issue. The issue is that these people have been separated from their children and now they don't know where they are. Um, and so Jim thought, hey, we've got all these people, we've got all this technology know-how. We certainly have the capability to put something together to help these people find each other. And so that's what we're trying to do. Well, let's start, because I'm sure you two chatted a, a bit about this already, but for, for our listeners in the audience, and, and myself included, at this at this early stage, clearly you know, systems need to be built to even you know get the ball rolling. That's that's why it's handy that we're all techs. What skills are you looking for for some assistance? Uh, well, I'm not sure exactly what Jim's already been able to line up because he had another <laughs> meeting last night. Um, but uh, we're definitely we're looking for people who can build a database. Um, we're probably going to start with some basic web-based forms, um, so Google Forms know-how or other form know-how um, that can feed into that database is helpful. Um, it does need to be a secure database because obviously we do not want to be giving just anybody information about where children are. Um, our goal really is to develop the database, fill it with information, and then pass it off to um, somebody who has more um, ability to deal with it um, because obviously once these parents find their children they're still going to have to go through legal channels to try and get them back it's not like they can walk up to the doors of the detention center and say hey number 43 is my kid um, so we're going to have to pass that information off to somebody who you know really knows what to do with it but uh, what's really disturbing is just that there's there's really no tracking system in place whatsoever and uh, HHS and um, and the Department of Homeland Security have both uh, have both stated that in public that there was no tracking system for these for these families um so we're looking for people who can help with the database we're looking for spanish speakers and people who are familiar with the south american marketplace um so that we know where to reach everybody what social channels and so that we can do things um in spanish uh, so that people can uh, get get uh, the information that they need. Um, a lot of these people are not English as their first language. Um, so we're definitely trying to line up resources at this point. Um, and then once we really have everything lined up, I think we'll move into more of a um, triage sort of situation. Um, I was real involved in the Houston rescue efforts um, during, uh, during the hurricanes and the flooding down in Houston. And um, that was much more real time. So this one, I think, actually should be a little bit easier in terms of we've got some time to get um, information out there. Um, but at the same time, every moment that we spend could be a moment that somebody gets deported. So we, we need to try and move as quickly as possible. Well, I understand. And you know, as, as a parent, I just understand, you know, you're separated from your kid. Every second is miserable. So, um, you know, at, at least in an involuntary nature like that. And I can only imagine, Absolutely. thankfully. I, Once I we have the, the, my own and I cannot imagine it would be, what these parents be horrific. must be feeling. What once let's let's imagine a world where this <laughs> this system is built because I I don't imagine with the with the resources you know we have access to basically I'm referring to our friends as resources. Um, you know, once <laughs> this system is built out. So how do you how do you how do you collect that data? Um, how do you get the the kids in there? How do you get the parents in there? Um, what's what's the challenges that are being faced there? And and how do you market into these areas? Um, you know, without you know blowing the bank on on you know taking out big ads because they may not have computers right. Without taking out billboards, what do you do? Yeah, I mean that's that's part of the strategy that has yet to be finalized. 
finalized, really. But ultimately, I mean, we hope to do this as an all-volunteer effort. Um, that does mean that people would need to be willing to help us um, spread the word. Uh, we're looking for people with media contacts that can get um, their number of lists that have been created already. Um, one that I sent to Jim last night on slate.com mm -hmm. um, that uh, tracks all of the things that are going on related to, you know, where people can get legal assistance, where migrants can get resources like food and water and um, blankets and all of these sorts of things, um, everything that people need um, and, uh, require to continue to exist. So this is this is one of those things that we're hoping to get into the collective consciousness. That and 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 if I can jump in really quickly. Um, yeah. For our from our research, there is no other project like this out there currently. So if the registry of missing children was to appear and just start to be spread around the internet, especially the Spanish language internet, I imagine um, it would go viral really quickly. There, again, there's no provision for um, from the government and, again, from any other group that, 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 that I've heard of so far for actively tracking data on the missing children and matching them back up with data that's entered by their, by their parents or by, by their parents' agents. Um, so I, I imagine that word will spread rather quickly. And if it's anything like it was with the hurricanes in Houston, people will take to social media um, in desperation to start saying, you know, this is my child, have you seen them? Or, you know, how do I get information on being separated at this particular border station? I mean, this stuff is gonna start showing up on social media um, if we just know where to look. Um, and what we did with the Houston uh, project was we just had a team of people that were combing social media and replying and saying, okay, we can help you here's where you enter your information. We'll let you know if there's, uh, we're not exactly sure yet whether we're going to let them know if there's a match in the database or, or how we're going to do that. But what we need right now is just to have a place to collect information. And it's also my assumption that there are probably some ICE and border agent uh, individuals who have either kept records or will be keeping records of where these kids go to um, because not everybody likes what's going on here, even if it's their job to do it. Now, what challenges do you see um, coming up? I mean, you, you, there there may be some resistance on the governmental agency side. Um, there may be issues from technological on the part of parents, either access to it or, or you know, you point out language in, in the earliest days, although I imagine that'll be fairly fairly quick to address. What what do you view as, as your biggest hurdles um, in these early days? I think our biggest hurdles are going to be privacy. Um, I know that if I were in a situation where I didn't trust the government and I didn't trust anybody that I was, you know, that I was seeing on the street, um, then it, you'd be hard pressed to get me to put information into a system about my children. Um, so we're certainly going to have to build um, some trust and some um, uh, hopefully some success stories fairly early on so that people will know that this is legitimate, that we don't intend to sell this information or do anything nefarious with this information. Um, and then security will be a huge element of it as well. Um, whoever builds that database needs to make sure they can build it completely securely. For me, the hard part moving forward is twofold. One, just getting started. Like, um, it's a big leap to actually get involved in a project like this because once you do, you can't stop. Um, mm. And that's daunting. I think it's daunting for a lot of people. But the hardest thing for me is realizing that it takes a bunch of miscreants like us to do something that society should just be doing. It's mind-blowing. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I've always kind of considered myself um, more on the out of the law part. <laughs> um and to have to, honestly, to have to to, 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 to to do this kind of effort, that alone is just mind-blowing. Yeah, it, it is. Um, so emotionally squaring oneself with the task, that's the hard part. 
Yeah. Okay, Jenny, I understand you have a you got a meeting at, um, uh, later, like actually just in a few minutes. I don't want to keep in you just on, a on couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, I wasn't able to give more time. Um, no, but... thanks for coming in and 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 helping out on this. It feels weird talking about it myself on 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 the show. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much. I think let's um, just make sure that we let people know who they can contact, where they can get involved oh, if they're that's interested. That's probably important. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Later this afternoon, that Facebook group is going to be established for this specifically. Um, so if you could uh, find myself or Jenny on Facebook, um, I'm quite easy to find. I'm Jim Hedger. Um, and I'm pretty sure you're pretty easy to find, aren't you, Jenny? I am. I'm pretty much the only Jenny Hallis. So it's J-E-N-N-Y, not Jennifer. There is a Jennifer Hallis. That's not me. Um, and uh, it's H-A-L-A-S-Z. Um, I post a lot of things publicly, so you'll know you're in the right place if you see a bunch of political posts. <laughs> um, that's that's the way to do it. Like, find her or I right now. Leave an email address. Leave a uh, Facebook contact. Some way, some way we can get a hold of you. Um, and uh, by by this evening or tomorrow morning at the latest, it's going to be a Facebook group that will be open for anyone to join in. So. Um, that's I mean like in less than 24 hours uh, that's the kind of organization we've gotten it's actually it's been 24 hours as of right now so right um, it was 2:30 yesterday that we started this <laughs> yeah so uh, that's 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 what we've done so far uh, hopefully by tomorrow we'll actually have an operating uh, spreadsheet that moves towards the database brilliant brilliant well okay, Jenny and we got to drag you on again and we'll talk about more uh, you know. Pleasant SEO. Stuff. <laughs> doing is, is outstanding. <laughs> However, we can we can you know talk about yeah and and have the enjoyable conversation that I'm dying to have with you. I would love that. That would be great. Well, you guys have a great show and thanks again. Thanks, Thank Jenny, you so much. Be well. Bye bye. Okay. Um. It's kind of it's kind of embarrassing almost. By the way, that was that was a uh, 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 Jenny Hallas, um, wonderful, extraordinary person. Um. Thank goodness for people like her in the industry. Yeah, um, okay, so <laughs> this is almost embarrassing. We got to go from like uh, 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 this thing that that that, that I started. And I I really want to jump into this because how I wanted to I, this, this is what I wanted to do the whole show on. Um, you wrote this piece, Dave. <laughs> because it's embarrassing to be going from my thing to your thing on our <laughs> own show. But yeah, I'm sorry, it's kind of an important piece. Machine learning, machine learning, and search engines explained. Um, now, the first question I got about this, I could ask Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Knopf as well. Um, <laughs> what is it with Lord Baker's face? <laughs> like, like, is you know, it's like, like new evil uh, hench henchmen in like the computer world? You know, it's funny. I, I thought the same thing when I was using it. I, I needed something for inside the featured image because, as you know from sort of the past, I like to customize them a little bit, put like a little Easter egg <laughs> in there that you'd get if you knew it rather than just using some stock, um, you know, some stock photo or something. Uh, and I had seen Jeremy's um, piece <laughs> with, with Morpheus, except with, with Lauren Baker's face on it. And I was like, well, <laughs> all right, I've got this great big evil computerized eye spying on you. Let's have it spying on Lauren Baker. <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah, I, I put Lauren Baker in there. And, uh, yeah, I, I did check with him first. He was uh, he was okay with it. But I'm like, yeah. And Danny had brought that up. Danny Goodwin, your friend and mine. And I was like, yeah, I find it kind of, he's like, is this like, is, is he like, you know, this a big thing? And I'm like, you'll notice they're all kind of creepy, though. Right? <laughs> we're going kind of creepy. And so now I'm pretty sure it will be a running thing. And I, the you know, new inside joke in SEL, right? Uh, we'll just put Lauren Baker as some representative of something creepy or kind of evil um, in all our featured images when we can. <laughs> it beats being, being a blue widget. At least, <laughs> you know, I'd rather be a blue meanie than be a blue widget. <laughs> So I learn, therefore I what? Well, and that's, that's the question um, that, that we're asking. And, and the purpose, you know what, I, I know we, we chatted about this. Um, the, the recent article is, it's on machine learning, but it's part three in a four-part series. Um, basically covering not how to optimize your website. I mean, obviously we want to know those things, but Search Engine Journal has tons of great content on that. Um, and I wanted to do a series on, Here's actually how search engines function. 
<laughs> so part one was on crawlers and indexing. Then we went on down how algorithms function, not how to optimize for them specifically, just how they work. Um, and now we've gone on to machine learning, obviously not covering you know, every different application of machine learning, but how search um, uses machine learning and, and what we need to sort of be paying attention to. And, and next month will be on user intent. Um, not really how do you make sure necessarily, but here's how the calculations are going to run. Here's some likely ways. And, you know, of course, some of it's going to be, this makes sense. So we have to kind of assume here's what they can do. Here's what their patents say. Those, those are sort of the routes we can go. Um, but what I wanted people to understand was here's the applications we're seeing it in right now. And one of them I couldn't help think about during um, our chat with Jenny um, periodically through it. And I was like, wow, I wish I actually like was, was, really adept at, at machine learning <laughs> um, because I couldn't help think of it um, in the application of your project and going, yeah, if you had a machine learning person to actually scan pictures and go, okay, here's, you know, here's a picture of them in a facility. Here's the last picture I have. Okay. Start, start connecting these dots together, people. Um, I'm very, very lucky. Actually, I've got a machine learning person who you know, who you know of and have heard of quite well. I just need to confirm them. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm actually that'll hoping. make it a lot easier. And I'm actually hoping that you'll work with them on the project, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Um, one of the things I thought was really important was understanding there's, there's two applications at Google. Um, I mean, there's multiple applications of each, but there's two core ways that they can be using, and I refer to it as machine learning, but there's a use for machine learning, and there's a, a use for artificial intelligence. These uses are different. And I wanted to explain that because people need to understand the difference if they're going to be optimizing for search um, in these environments. Um, at its core, machine learning is, let's just call, cliff notes this one, anything you can do with math, right? Like, I, again, I'm, I'm horribly simplifying. <laughs> um, but basically, it's training a, a machine to learn um, and then make its own conclusions. It's not being creative. It's just learning and making its own conclusions. It has a set of data to begin with. It has a set of known good results at the end. It learns from that. Then you reward it through a process of, okay, now we just ask it the questions. We don't give it the answer. When it gets the right answer, we give it a reward, uh, you know, sort of a, a virtual chocolate bar. It, it would generally just be a score, right? Like add one to its tally and the higher it gets, the, the, the more successful the, the machine is. Um, and then once it surpasses current, you know, sort of manual algorithmic systems, then, um, you know, then you can deploy it live. You know, that's, that's sort of what they did with RankBrain. Now, that's a machine learning system at its core, right, where we are training a thing with data um, and the calculations that it's running are, are purely mathematical, and it just can do it a lot faster and look at more factors um, and even create new factors on its own, but it's not being creative. It's just looking at data. Whereas we look at, so we would see that in something like RankBrain. Um, okay. right. Or in, um, spam filtering, right. Where it's basically just looking at a bunch of different signals and it's deciding whether there's a success or failure metric at the end. Okay. So again, uh, it's learning, it's learning. Yes. Is yes. Or no. Um, exactly. true or false basically. Exactly. I mean, of course you can have multiple, there can be a whole bunch of different, you know, you know, ranking positions, right. Okay. Like the, the ranking. So there can be hundreds or thousands or millions, um, of different possible answers and, and different rankings of them. But, um, you know, that as its core differs greatly when we look at something like AI being implemented into their system. And one of the easiest and, and clearest examples we would see of that, um, and it, it's not a full AI, but it, you know, it, it's, it's closer to AI than machine learning. It's certainly at this elementary level would be with Google news, um, where it's not, actually trained like we we see clustering right where we're going oh okay here's you know here's a, a set of results um i guess there's more machine learning but it, it would move into unsupervised not supervised learning so that first kind of supervised where you're giving it data um then we end up with the unsupervised learning model which does tend to get a little more blurry onto the ai side of things not self-aware um you know but but a little bit more on the on the creative side um but where we're basically just setting it loose into the world and going group things right without really being able to tell it what it's looking for right if i write a piece on machine learning and seo and it shows up in search engine journal if i search google news there's going to be other articles clustered with it right if, if other articles came out at the same time if you're looking up 
you know, certainly a better example if we were looking up on Google News. Um, if you're looking up migrant and children, you're going to see clusters of articles together. There'll be one primary, but then there'll be a, a grouping of three or four articles sort of, you know, set aside with that one clustered mm -hmm. together. Now, this, the machine itself can't be programmed to react perfectly every time. In, in a scenario like that. It doesn't always know what it's looking for. So that would be an unsupervised model. And these are two very, very different things. One of them, the, the supervised model, I, I would suspect, is, is a lot more used. And what I liken it to is basically having, if, if Google engineers were bored, <laughs> and I had one standing over my shoulder, watching everything I do and tailoring my results coming in, um, for me, specifically, I have this Borg sitting there, and he's a Google engineer. You can do the likenesses you want there, because, you know, there we go. Um, but basically having an engineer who's just ready and is just programming and is just making sure everything is, is tailored to you, that's a machine learning system, except even better, because that Borg is collected to other Borg, and then they can then go, okay, we don't know what Dave wants in this one. Okay, let's look at the hive. Let's figure out what the average person who kind of looks like Dave wants and then and then spewing that out so basically machine learning in a supervised model anyway does what could be done manually but if google was trying to pull off manually even what rank brain does they would have engineers sitting for decades trying yeah. to make that happen and now they can just do it on the fly okay we, don't, we only got i only got the time i think that's like one one major question on this um how is machine learning going to affect SEOs in 2018? Oh, in 2018, I think it's already uh, it's already caused some some major shakeups. Um, I think where we are right now, and we won't be in the future, but where we are right now is in the opportunity stage. And I, I sort of illustrated an example in the article. Um, right now, it's things like machine learning that are helping Google understand that when I put repair my S7 or fix my S7, I get very, very similar results, right? Replace, mm -hmm. fix, it's figured out that I'm meaning a screen, right? And, and so it shows me very, very similar results. If I put replace my car or fix my car, machine learning has figured out, okay, these are very different things, right? Like he doesn't, he's used the same word repair, or I mean replace and fix, indeed, yep. but I'm meaning a different thing because of the context. Now, in the example that I showed, when I put in, um, replace my car, Google hasn't nailed it. Their machines haven't figured it out. And those are where we are in 2018. They, they don't know. They have me, and I'm located in Canada. They have me with DMV listings. They have me with how to replace um, a bunch of individual parts. Well, I would have put the part if I meant to replace it. I said replace my car, right? Like, it hasn't quite figured that out. And if you're an SEO in 2018 and you want to take advantage of the rise of machine learning, it's finding those those things that Google's not doing properly, um, because they will, because they're learning all the time and the machines are making this very, very rapid, but produce that content that should be there. Um, and then that's the, that's the opportunity we have right now. And if I'm an SEO and I am, those are the opportunities I'm looking for. Right on. Okay. On that, we got to take our second break. Uh, we're actually, we're, we're, we're pumping close to time here. So on behalf of Dave Davies, you've been talking to NetMarketing. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You listen to WebCology and WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 21st of June, 2018. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. WebCology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. All of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm programs on air and on demand 24-7. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Add some podcasts to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. 
more refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 21st of June, 2018. Summer's here and it's almost gone already. Um, got a public service announcement. Before you know it, probably by mid-September, definitely probably by July of 2018. Actually, it was supposed to be by last last week or so, but it's coming. We swear to you, from Google. Is it a band update? Penguin? What is it? <laughs> no, this is it's stupider than that. It's really it's dumber than that. It's the uh, it's when Chrome is eventually going to tell you whether a website is secure or not ah. secure. Now it's going to tell you the website is not secure. But see, it used to tell you that it was secure. Now it's going to tell you that it's not secure. And if it is secure, it's just going to give you a little eye symbol. I don't know, man. Um, okay, so and the the dumb thing is, this was supposed to happen last month because we reported it last month that it was supposed mm-hmm. to be imminent. And mm-hmm. now it's going to happen in July 2018 or maybe September. But sooner and sometime, coming down the pipe, we swear to you, Google's going to change the way it deals with um, HTTP websites. Um, right now, it's not putting any mark beside them. It's just giving sort of like a little um, a little eye symbol, and you click on it like for information. Mm-hmm. Click on the information thing, it'll explain that this website is not secure. Meanwhile, if you have an HTTPS site, which people are spending a hundred to a thousand dollars to grab a security certificate, that reads secure. Nice little um, comfortable green background, yellow lettering, secure. I'm looking at one right now for search engine land. It says secured. Boy, that makes me feel good about search engine land. Well, coming soon, search engine land and all other people who spend one hundred to a thousand dollars to get a uh, a HTTPS uh, SSL certificate, mm-hmm. they're going to get that little I symbol. And everyone who didn't spend the money is going to get something that reads not secure. So, just so you're, you're following, um, if you spent the money, you're going to get what the people who didn't spend the money got now. And if you didn't spend the money, you're going to get what people who did spend the money got, except that's going to have the word not in front of it. <laughs> it'll probably be colored it, a little different. different. Oh, yeah, and, and, it, it's a very googly way to do it. And they'll probably say, well, we're not punishing sites that aren't secure. <laughs> and in, in some format of that, <laughs> like we're not punishing them. It just might look and feel like a punishment. Um, you know, I, I, I do actually support um, the way they're doing that, because I think if we're going to start stacking on different attributes, you know, secured versus non-secured, I think you need to alert to the thing that is abnormal. And at this point in time, secure is pretty much a standard, right? Like most of us are, are there. Certainly most people that Google's driving, uh, you know, are over there. So to me, it makes a bit of sense um, to go that route. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, well, a, bit my, of a hot thing. My problem um, is twofold. One, the switch over from, uh, secure to just a little uh, to the little eye symbol that people who are not secure currently have that's a little con- uh, confusing to the consumer I think although I think the words not secure will be perfectly clear to them um, so that's one thing that's just dumb but the thing that really bothers me is they say it's going to happen in June and they say it's going to happen in July and then they say it's going to happen in mid-September um, I don't know what the heck they're saying I know. that drives me crazy I know um and you know what? I'm okay. going to use that as a segue because now Google can understand a little bit better about what you're saying. Oh, um, they have well, it's just, about time. <laughs> they have just turned on and good stuff. Um, you know what's being referred to as continued conversation um, okay, in the Google. in the personal assistant. Exactly. So no longer to have, and we've all done this where I have series of questions. They are all related. They all chain together. Um, so no longer do I have to go, you know, okay, Google, whatever, who's president of the U S and then, okay, Google, what did he do before he was president? Right? Like you don't have to ask those, those chains of things. I'm actually using an example from one of their patents on 
making this happen that I think I'd written about about a year, a year and a half ago. Um, well, they're now doing it to where you, know, you can ask your follow-up questions along that same tangent without saying, okay, Google. I've had to actually walk out of my office because <laughs> I have a Google sitting there um, and, and saying this. I would be getting all sorts of voices. Um, but yeah, now you could ask, you know, okay, Google, who's president of the U.S.? It would give you the answer. What did he do? And it would now understand the entity he ties to their previous answer and, and continue on that conversation. Um, obviously, I think as a user, this is great. Um, I think mentally, it's going to be really, really interesting because it will be a much more natural engagement that we are now, our brains are being trained to do with a machine. Um, and I think that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over time. And as we become more comfortable um, with actually having engagements and conversations that we would be having with a human in a manner that we would um, and having those conversations with a machine instead. Well, I understand that they you, that that Alexa tried to do something like this, uh, especially on the, the the President of the United States questions. But they're um, just but um, uh, the machine just kept giving farty noises back. <laughs> no, I think that's really cool about Google. Uh, by Google, um, it'll make it a lot easier for guys like me to prank guys like you, though. All you have to do is say Google once, and like suddenly I can order you sofas, <laughs> I can order you spaghetti colanders, I can order you a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> fact, Add in that replacement car he's talking about. Uh, and that replacement car, yeah. <laughs> Fix yeah. that car, Google. <laughs> um, and I think what this relies on, and we've talked about it before, but I'm going to note it again, and we're, we're running short on time, is what this requires, folks is for Google to understand that various entities are connected, and I know I keep harping about them, but pay attention because between that and machine learning, you're looking at the future of SEO pretty much, and it requires them to understand that he is whatever, the, you know, with a, in this case, it would be a he, former president of the, the U.S., um, and, and continuing that in a conversation, something we as humans can do very, very readily and very, very naturally, um, but it's requiring a, an advanced understanding of language um, that obviously Google has, and, and they've had it for a while now, but we're seeing it deployed into um, you know, a voice search function. Okay, that is way cool. Um, okay, I would like to jump onto another subject, but we are scraping close to time, and you got, what, three minutes for you got to take a call? I know, I know. It's, it's like clients are like, you need to work for your money. I don't understand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I get it. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have to talk to you sometime today, too, but um, until then, I'll talk to you soon. Um, Fantastic. Friends, you have been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around, webmasterradio.fm. There is great content coming up after the news, and we'll be talking to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.